Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. down to the 10th annual Ohio Linux Fest. Join us in Columbus for a weekend jam-packed with your favorite open-source software. On Friday, get professional training at Ohio Linux Fest Institute, or come to see the early Penguins talks. Saturday brings a full set of presentations, including the new Beginner's Track. Don't forget to stop by the display booths featuring prominent vendors and community projects. Sunday wraps up with LPI and BSDA certification exams, as well as the diversity and open source workshop. It all happens September 28, 29, and 30 at the Greater Columbus Convention Center. Visit ohiolinux.org for all the details. And welcome to Linux in Hamshack. My name is Richard. I have just returned from the black mold infested land. My call sign is KB5JBV and welcome to Linux in the Hamshack. We're glad you all came back to listen to us this time. And uh, we hope, we hope that it's better than the last show. Let me introduce to you the technical wizard behind the curtain, uh, the man that makes the show go. That would be Russ, K5TUX, up in Arkansas. Say hello to everybody, Russ. Hello, Richard. Hello, folks in the chat room, and good evening to all of our listeners, and maybe that's good day, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you happen to be. Welcome to our lair for the evening, episode number 87 of Linux in the Ham Shack. We didn't think this one was actually going to come out on time, but Richard's life has done a U-turn yet again. So here we are. And so I'm back between the peaks in the pine forest of north central Arkansas. He's back to his usual lair in the, in the very comfy and yet somewhat, uh, w- probably over warm, uh, and previously powerless cardboard box down by the Trinity River in northeast Texas. But we're here. We're doing a show. And good evening to you all. So, Richard, what do you want to say to the folks who are listening? I just want to tell you that this is I, the studio is very spacious and quite lovely. And if I if I open open the uh, slots on either side, I get cross ventilation. It is very cool, very cool. Yes, well, I'm glad it's very cool where you are because it is not very cool where I am. Got up to 101 today. Um. I'm sure it was probably about that, maybe a little more down where you are, but um, maybe not. I don't know. 
Yeah, but 101 ain't hot down here. 110 is hot. Well, okay. So, 101's plenty hot where I am. So. Well, I have, you know, in New Orleans, the, the, uh, humidity was 42% the whole time we were there and it felt like it was over 100 degrees, even though it never got up out in the 90s. And there's some storms down there like you wouldn't believe. But thank you God we're back. We're back in our home. I have my soft and cuddly computers around me and we're ready to do an episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. And, you know, used to we welcome everybody in a chat room, but now it's gotten to the point that there's so many people in there, it would take up half the show to do it. Let's just say well, hello, everybody in the chat room. Oh, wait a minute. We did that earlier, didn't we? Well, we didn't do it officially. We did oh. now. But here's we the We would thing. like to officially welcome everyone in the chat room. That's right. Officially, you have all been welcomed. And but, the crowd goes wild. Yes. And don't let that go to your head. Just because there's a lot of people in the chat room doesn't mean there isn't room for a whole lot more. So we'd, right. we'd like to see you next time around. Great big giant endless list over here. That's right. Don't, don't get, don't be shy. Don't stay away. Don't hide in your closet or whatever it is that you do to and avoid the world. You, and those of you that wait until the show comes out in podcast form, uh, we're keeping track of you and we're going to start calling you by name. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got yes. cheers and stuff from Western Oregon. So cheers and stuff from Oregon. Yes. Cheers and stuff from Oregon. Great thing about Oregon. They were talking about Pasadena the other day on one, one TV show we watch regularly around here and they called it the city of roses. Well, if I remember correctly, Portland is also the city of roses. Yes, that is correct. I just and came back is- from there. And that is, and the reason I know that is because I worked the 1010 chapter up there and ended up with a lovely, lovely certificate that had a little, little pink rose on it that said City of Roses on it. Yes, as a matter of fact, I was down near the Rose Quarter where I, where I was in the Oregon Convention Center and, uh, had a great time out at OSCON, met a few people, even one of our listeners, KD7JWC and his son, both of whom listened to our show. And it was really great to meet them, talk to them. I got to talk to them for about an hour, uh, before they had to go back home, but it was a great show. And I may talk about that on my other podcast, but I'm not going to bring it up here. I guess I should ask you since we're, um, sort of light on topic re for the interest for the uh, evening or for the foreseeable future, um, like between now and 11 o'clock, um, do we want to say anything about Aurora, Colorado, or do we want to not be topical? Well, you know, that's one of them things. One of them things. Made me leery of going to see Batman, but it went anyway. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that's within our purview. No, I, I just want to recognize that just like everybody else, we, you know, we know the story. We know what happened. We follow it just like everybody else does. And. The Linux and the Hamshack community, I'm pretty sure I can speak for all of us when we say, you know, our thoughts go out to the folks who were, who were killed or injured by that lunatic out there in Colorado. And that's probably all we're going to say about it. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll say this much. I worked for, uh, I worked at one of the largest theaters in the country for four or five years and them poor people didn't have, didn't stand a chance. So the fact that not more of them got hurt or, uh, or killed is, uh, well, I hate to say this cause we've got so many people that don't like stuff like that, but it's a blessing because those movie theaters ain't no place to hide. 
There really ain't. Anyway, that's all of that. And if it if it sounds too gushy, Russ can cut it out or cover it up with badgers or oh my, <laughs> something, something. All right. So Katie Sakalov's back on TV. And oh, wait a minute. That's not this show, is it? No. Are you doing a political commentary show now? No, I was just going to say she's she's like on that. Uh, what's that guy's name? Longmire. She's on that Longmire show on uh, TNT. OK, moving on. You know, Katie. No, I don't. Yeah, she was Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica, the new one. Oh, I never watched that show. Oh, well, uh, was that? Cassidy Freeman's in it too. Uh, for those of y'all that watch Smallville, y'all know who she is. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. In fact, all of the out of worked actors are on this show called Longmire. Can we, so, can we maybe try not to act quite as much like we're stalling? I'm not stalling because I got plenty enough here right now on my plate. To just take all the time that I need to put everybody in the chat room to sleep. Well, good. Can I just sit back and turn my mic off and let you grow? You know, let you roam? Well, no. What do you mean, no? You just said you had enough to carry us through. I do have enough here. It's all in the Etherpad. Let us say a few words about Etherpad. If any of you guys... You know, for your ham radio activities and stuff like that, y'all, y'all like build, want to build documents or talks or, or that kind of stuff for like, uh, I know Hamcom every year, they want people to give talks out there and everything. And, uh, the bigger ham fest, they like to do that kind of stuff. You should really look into Etherpad because Etherpad is a great way to build documents, uh, by different people at the same time. And you don't have to fool with Google, or am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. As a matter of fact, that's why I personally use Etherpad, because it's, it's not Google. That's right. It basically eliminates the need to use a Google Doc or to be associated with Google in any way. Now, there are other uh, collaborative editors out there. Etherpad is far from the only one. Uh, in fact, I've been experimenting with another one called Etherpad Lite, which is is supposed to be like lower on memory use and a little faster than a regular etherpad because etherpad is actually built on built on top of the engine that runs open office slash LibreOffice. So there's quite a bit to the back end and etherpad Lite is actually supposed to sort of run on its own, basically just JavaScript code and very little else. So I've been working on that, but etherpad works really well. And like I said, there's probably two dozen other collaborative editors out there that aren't Google Docs. So if you want to get away from Google Docs and you still want to be able to, you know, jointly work with your cohorts or your friends on documents or presentations, and it even has a chat client built into it. So, you know, go ahead and check out Etherpad. Just do a Google, yeah, just do a Google search for it. Ha! Uh, <laughs> just, do, just do a DuckDuckGo search for it and, uh, you know, you'll find it out there. It's a good piece of software. It's pretty easy to install too. So, and like I said, you know, Richard and I have been using it for the last, oh, 20, 25 episodes or so. And, uh, it's really a yeah, great time saver. So some six, eight centuries now. Yeah. It's been <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows Richard likes a nice, nice, healthy back end. So, uh, y'all check out it's bad. Y'all, y'all go and check it out. So ham holiday in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma. Uh, where the Oklahomans are on July 27th and 28th of 2012. Ham holiday. What exactly is that, Russ? I haven't had a opportunity to check it out. 
Well, the thing is, I haven't really had a chance to check it out either, but the long and short of it is it's a ham fest out in Oklahoma City. It came to my attention earlier on the IRC that we've been a little bit lax in letting people know about events that are coming up in our previous episodes. So I figured I'd throw a couple of them in here, especially the ones that are coming up real soon now, because this one here in Oklahoma City, the ham holiday, is coming up this very next weekend. And I do plan on getting this episode out pretty much immediately. Uh, so this will get out to the people who listen and who might want to actually go there. Uh, but check it out. It's coming up this weekend, uh, 27th and the 28th. You can go to www.hamholiday.org to get all the information you want about it. I don't really have much else to say. It's a ham fest. What do you, you know, what else is there to say? In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Yes. In Oklahoma. Yes, Ham Holiday. Y'all go check it out at www.hamholiday.org. www.hamholiday.org. All right. And then we got the Texas Linux Fest. It's going on again. I'm still upset with these guys because they're still down in San Antonio. It's like anybody gives a crap about San Antonio. Get it in real city, guys. Y'all take it over to Houston. Bring it up here to Dallas. We could even do Abilene, uh, San Antonio. Holy crap. Uh, has anybody, have you had a chance to go over and look at the Texas Linux, Linux Fest page, Russ? I did look at it about a month ago. And I haven't looked at it since. I, you know, it looked like they were actually going to have a pretty good uh, round of talks. And I can't remember if Texas Linux Fest was the one where they were going to have a bunch of beginner stuff or where they weren't going to have any beginner stuff. But it's one of the two. So I'm not, I'm not sure which it was. Did you take a look at it? Well, no, I haven't had a chance to go over and look at it. And last year when I looked at it, it was uh, pretty poor, so I didn't go back. Uh, I really hate to say that because these guys are really giving it. They're all trying to get this thing going here in Texas. Um, and there's a former podcaster that who's actually part of running the thing from up here in this area uh, who's got a store over in Plano or something. And, um, you know, yeah, if you're in Central Texas, Go on down and check out the Texas Linux, Texas Linux Fest. Uh, you can go, you can go find it at texaslinuxfest.org. It'll be uh, happening August 3rd through 4th, uh, of this year. And if you give me a second, I need to, uh, check because they were having it at the same place they had Summerfest, which is an amateur radio, uh, no, they're having it at a different place. Uh, amateur radio, uh, uh, <sighs> damn. And amateur radio get together down there uh, once a year, Summerfest, which is where they do the Texas VHF, VHF FM society meetings and stuff like that. Uh, but it appears they're having it at the uh, Norris Conference Center here in San Antonio, uh, which appears to be right, uh, right where 410 splits off from I-10. I didn't know I-10 ran. Yeah, I guess I-10 does run through San Antonio, but, uh, Y'all get down there and check it out. Uh, looks like they're going to have a few vendors there since we're looking at the page now. Uh, they are looking for volunteers if you live in the area and it's not a super long drive to get there. Uh, they put a call out on, uh, June 1st for, for papers, for talks. They're uh, looking for stuff on the kernel, open source program and databases, you know, the, the usual stuff. And you can always go down there and tell them that you heard it about, heard about it on Linux in the ham shack. 
Linux in Hamshack, the show that brings you absolutely a complete cluster as far as information is concerned every time we talk about something like this. So uh, y'all get on down there, August 3rd, 4th, San Antonio, Texas, uh, Texas Linux Fest. Go on over to TexasLinuxFest.org and, and check her out. So anything else on that one, Russ? I just want to go back and readdress my comment about whether it was a beginner's conference or not. And it's pretty much not because I, I'm looking at their sessions right now. There's like four on the list that are marked as beginner level, but there's stuff that I wouldn't necessarily consider beginner level. And listen to some of these other ones. Linux kernel debugging, running PFSense, which is a firewall-based distribution. How I'm attempting to cure cancer with open source. Uh, a deep dive into ButterFS, resource management, large-scale virtualization, building software-based NAS using Gluster, Hadoop as a data platform. Hadoop is uh, a database, like a NoSQL database. If you're going to go down to the Texas Linux Fest, be prepared to, you know, sit at some pretty high-level talks. There, There is some beginner stuff, but uh, not really. Uh, they even use the term DevOps, which, you know, I'm so tired of that thing. It's like I've, I only heard that, like, starting six months ago, and it's been so overused now that anytime a conference has anything to do with DevOps or puts it as the title of a track, or anything else, it makes me want to boycott them. Despite the fact that I sounded pretty disparaging of Texas Linux Fest just a few seconds ago, go ahead and check it out if you happen to be around San Antonio. Last year they were in Austin. I didn't even think they were going to pull this one together this year, but long about like three months ago, they sort of showed up on the radar and said, we're still having a conference. And I was like, oh, okay. We're telling everybody about it. Go to TXLF, TexasLinuxFest.org. That's enough about that. Over at lhspodcast.info, you can look at the event schedule, and it will give a list of upcoming events that we may or may not be able to participate in, but it's always ham-fest-related or open-source-related. There is also the ambassadors link where you can go ahead and send us an email and say you want to participate in the ambassador program and go to one of these events for us. And if you want to find out where Richard is going to be, where I'm going to be, or where one of our ambassadors might be coming up through the end of the year, and I think on to about February or March of next year, uh, go to lhspodcast.info, click on either the events or the ambassadors link, and all the information about upcoming open source festivals and ham fests that we're going to attend or potentially attend is listed there. So what's up next? Okay, last but not least, uh, we have the 20th annual Gainesville Ham Fest coming up in uh, Gainesville, Texas. For those of y'all who are up around the Oklahoma-Texas border, this is another one that's fairly close. It'll be on August 25th, August 25th in Gainesville, Texas. Uh, for those of y'all coming up from the south, that's probably 30 or 45 minutes out of downtown Dallas or Fort Worth. If you're coming down from the north, it's probably, I don't know, um, 20, 30, maybe even 35 minutes out of, uh, out of Oklahoma. 
Once you pass the wind star, you're almost there. They're going to have it at the air con- the, the inside, they're going to have it inside now, the fully air conditioned Gainesville C- Civic Center, uh, right there on the highway. Easy on, easy off. Y'all, uh, y'all, uh, get down there, take a look at it. I have been to Gainesville uh, in the past. I haven't in the last few years, but I have been there in the past and it turns out to be a pretty good kind of happening place. Of course, they only have it one day. Uh, that'll be August 25th, Saturday, August 25th. Mark it on your calendar. If you want to get more information on the Gainesville Ham Fest, go to www.gainesvillehamfest.org. And uh, here in Texas, we spell that G-A-I-N-E-S-V-I-L-L-E. Gainesville Ham, Te- Ham Fest in, uh, in Gainesville, Texas. So, uh, hmm. We got an awful lot of ham fest going on, Russ. Yeah, and you missed one, the Joplin Ham Fest, and I think, and that one's on the same day as the Gainesville Ham Fest, but it's in Joplin, Missouri, which is on the Missouri-Oklahoma border, and I believe that I and Cheryl will be there. So if you actually want to meet one of the one of the fantastic, stupendous, amazing hosts of Linux in the Ham Shack, you might want to check out the Joplin Ham Fest, because I think we'll say hi to you if you come by. Now see, uh, the, the individual who said we weren't uh, talking enough about these events, there's <laughs> some, there's some right there. That's right. And I should, probably should give the uh, link to the Joplin Ham Fest, should I not? Uh, probably wouldn't hurt. Okay. Let me figure out what it is. Okay. He doesn't know. Yes. It's www.joplin-arc.org. That's Joplin-alpha Romeo Charlie dot org all the information will be there and that's like a friday afternoon and a saturday morning so uh should be enough time for anybody to show up with that i think we've done just about as many ham fests as these guys can go to right now and i bet we can find a whole bunch more if you have a suggestion for ham fest, upcoming ham fest or linux fest coming up in your area please let us know if you're interested in being an ambassador to any of these uh particular uh, festivities, get in touch with us. Russ has all the information to get you set up to run your own booth as an, as a Linux and Ham Shack ambassador and you'll be, uh, joining an ever growing elite class of Linux and Ham Shack listeners. It's like being a knight. Hey, that's a good way to put it. Maybe, maybe we'll just change it from ambassadors to knights of the realm. Knigget. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Linux and Ham Shack. Knigget. Order of the Badger. Order <laughs> of the Badger. So y'all let us know. Okay. One more thing. And then we, I think we'll play some music because everybody's starting to doze off. Um, Russ has finally broke down and has two, count them, two raspberry pie boards on their way to his house. Tell us more about that, Russ. As it happens, I got on a couple of waiting lists to order the raspberry pie. I ordered from two different places so I could order as many of them as I felt like I wanted. I ordered two from one place and I ordered one from another. And I was told by both locations that even after my wait to order that it could, could take up to 12 weeks to actually get the hardware once I placed my order. But as it turns out, the first place, the one that I ordered two from has shipped them already. And that's only two, I think maybe, or possibly three weeks ago 
is when I placed the order. So apparently they came out very fast. So I've got two of them on the way. They're actually in the mail. I can track them, and they are coming to my house. And what I want to know from our listeners, and you can go ahead and call in on our voice line, which is 909-547-7469, 909-LHS-SHOW, or you can email us at info at lhspodcast.info and tell me what you think I should do with my Raspberry Pis. What project should I devote this hardware to? Should it be amateur radio related? Should it be video slash home entertainment related? Should it be scientific related? Should I bury them in the ground and set them on fire? Whatever. Tell me, as a listener of this show, what you think I should do with my Raspberry Pis. And when they come in and when I do whatever it is that I do with them, I'll go ahead and report it on the show and tell you all about this new hardware and what I think of it and what I've done with it. I uh, just want to let everybody know that I'm about to play with this this new fascinating hobby that's sort of come around and everybody's excited about, and I'd like some ideas. So do you have any ideas, Richard, what I should do? Are you really sure you want to ask me that question? <laughs> well, if you're going to give me a reasonable logistical-type answer and not something that comes straight out of your butthole, then yes, I'm... <laughs> I'm interested in asking you that question, but otherwise, no. Well, actually, I was just sitting here thinking, if you bury them in the ground and set them on fire, I think we probably need video of that for the website. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing about this hardware. It's cheap enough where if you set it in the ground and buried, you know, if you buried it and set it on fire, probably in reverse order, uh, you wouldn't be out that much. Well, there, there you go. Uh, I'm really not sure uh, what these things are capable of, but uh, I would, you know, I would think that you probably want to uh, uh, stay towards the Linuxy uh, amateur radioish kind of thing, so uh, we can like talk about it on the show. Because like, if you decide to, I don't know, turn it into a DVR or electronic booger picker or or something, I I really don't think that the listeners would want to hear about that. However, uh, listeners, and I'm talking to you, and you, and that one over there. Um, y'all send you emails. They send you voicemails. If you send me an email by accident, I will forward it to him. And, uh, the other question I have, Russ, is are you willing to give the name of the place where you're still on the waiting list to be able to order? Well, I'm actually not on the waiting list at either location. It's just that the second place hasn't actually shipped the board I ordered yet. I'm still waiting for the second one. Or, well, I actually, thought, the third I, one. I thought we might give them a salute, you know, salute, salute with the flying badger on the air, but apparently they've, they've allowed you to purchase one. Yes, they have allowed me to purchase one. Bastards. <laughs> I, I could have purchased more than one, but I chose not to. I figure See, th- that, you know, I figure uh, three of these things is probably enough to play around with. You know, anything, anything that you have to get on a waiting list just to order smacks way too much of apple and i don't care for it i know but it's so pervasive now these boards that we almost couldn't get away with not at least ordering a you know one of them just to talk about the board itself if nothing else but i've heard i've heard of them being used in so many different ways uh it seems like it's worth getting a couple of them and having somebody tell me you know give me a project and uh i'll go ahead and report on it Sounds like a good idea to me. We'll see how it actually works out. 
Well, there you go. And we, we, we got a flood going on in the chat room right now because they're talking about, let's see, automotive music player. Yeah, there's already suggestions popping up. Set it up for PSK FL Digi. 31. Yeah, PSK mode, uh, mobile logging. Knoxville Hamfest. APRS. Oh, wait, that was the other thing. Yeah, <laughs> you went back one too far. Whoops. <laughs> well, see, there you go. And they think we don't watch them while they're talking in the chat room because they've said some stuff that they wouldn't have said if they thought we were watching. Not to date. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, well... There you go. We're, we're waiting for suggestions. We know people are listening because we've been getting actually recent e- our emails on recent episodes lately. So, uh, y'all tell us, uh, Russ, Russ is ready to play and he's ready to go. And if my place over here hadn't turned into a cosmetics warehouse, we'd be playing over here, but we're going to get back to that too. I'm going to take a stick and run everybody out, especially the hell goats. <laughs> all right so with that we have come to our first break y'all run up the hall uh get yourself something to drink drain your radiator as my grandfather used to say and russ is going to play us a lovely piece of music and this time when we come back we're going to do some feedback because we got a lot of it backed up russ take it away all right folks we're going to do our first little bit of music we've got two tracks from lorenzo's music tonight the first one is called I'm Doing Fine, and uh, all the information on these will, of course, be in the show notes. So here's the first track. Kick back for a few minutes, and we'll be back on the other side with your feedback. A little man with a bug-eyed grin Talk to me about that way how everybody's been Me, I'm doing fine Things that were forgot For good reason You cringe to even think about Someone will Got old. 
And how's everybody been? I'm a little hot. This is Lennox in the ham shack and Russ is here too. Don't let them think. Don't let y'all say something, Russ, so they know you're here. Sound like the walls are coming down. Things are exploding. Oh my God. It's terrorists. Oh no. Oh no. Wait a minute. Uh huh? Oh, they just banging the laundry room door. Um, that's the problem with the studio here. It's next to the washeteria. <laughs> Well, your, your, your cardboard box is big enough to have a washing machine in it. No, I told you the wash area is next door. Oh, oh, I gotcha. Oh, pay attention. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stupid. No, 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 no. Uh, everybody knows you're the brains of this outfit. I'm just pretty. <laughs> That's it. I'm here, kids. I'm here. I have a face that was made for podcasting and that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm, y'all wouldn't believe how incredibly wonderful I, I put, oh, what's his name? Magic Mike to shame. Yeah, buddy. So, uh, we discussed this last time around because I was going to be out of town. We ended up doing it, ended up going ahead and thinking about considering to proceed to do it this time. We've decided to do feedback. I bet y'all think we're not paying attention to them. But, uh, for those of you who, who send something that requires an answer, I normally send one back if I get it. And I know Russ does the same thing. So let's start off with some feedback. You want to do some feedback, Russ? Let's do some feedback. I'm excited. Feedback. Yeah. Yeah. First one's a comment on the website from Bruce V2GZI. Bruce is getting very vocal. He's kind of like that other fellow we don't never hear from anymore. And I don't know why we don't hear from him unless we made him mad, but that's okay. It says, gentlemen, hmm, uh, great episode on GNU radio and the uh, RTL SDR. You got a new project like I need another. Uh, oh, wait a minute. You got a new project like I need another one. Hmm. Uh, first task was to get GNU Radio running on my Linux Mint. Decided to download source and compile on Linux Mint 11. There the adventure starts. Firstly, the build script that they recommended you use does not work. Complains about you are not running Ubuntu. So I decide, I decide to do it using CMake and the usual lives missing, etc. Spent quite a few hours hunting down the libraries and have got it to compile with minimal errors, 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 uh, still have an issue with port audio. My question is, has anybody got GNU radio to compile on mint? Looking forward to the future episodes on RTL SDR. Thanks for any pointers. Regards, Bruce B to GZI. Okay, Bruce, I'm going to start this time. Then I'll turn it over to Russ because he knows more about what you're talking about because it mostly sounds like gobbledygook to me. However, 
I was having some issues with men also. If everybody remembers has been listening to the show, they know I've been, I've, I spent about two months, two, possibly three months going, I hate Linux Mint. It should be banned. It should be, it should have a bounty on it. It, it's horrible. I do not like it. I was running Linux Mint 12 when I upgraded to Linux Mint 13. The majority of my problems went away. I still have a problem with a crash in my, uh, my video editor, but other than that, or it crashes when, no, it crashes my video editor. And sometimes if I accidentally unplug my phone before I, without ejecting it, the system will crash. Other than that, it is much, much, much better. And my opinion on the thing is, is that you might want to go ahead and download uh, Linux Mint 13. Uh, they have something that passes as the GNOME desktop, and it's usable for sure. And uh, give that a shot. So what do you think, Russ? He asks if anyone got it to compile on Linux Mint. And obviously, before the show where we talked about GNU Radio, I did, in fact, get it to compile. However, I use Linux Mint Debian Edition, which is not traditionally Linux Mint, which is based on Ubuntu, which is based on Debian, but I sort of got rid of the middleman. And I didn't go through any build scripting or anything like that. I basically just downloaded the dependencies, did a CMake and a make, and GNU Radio worked just beautifully for me. So he may be going one step too far in trying to get this to build, because honestly, it's not that bad. And it really just sort of worked as long as you had all of the dependencies available. Uh, usually what I do is I, you know, I download the file that I want to build and I run the dot slash configure if there's one to run. If there isn't, there's just a make file. Usually when it bombs out on a particular library, you just go ahead and install the library that's missing through your package manager. Do the thing again. If it breaks again. Just download the dependency you need, do it again until it finally works. Then you should be able to fire the thing up and away you go. That's what I did, and I didn't have any problems with it. I wish I knew what to tell Bruce, but I don't have enough information about failing to compile GNU Radio to give him any real kind of help. I hope well, you know, I was, I was kind of hoping we got, we got mint cast Rob in the chat room and I was kind of hoping he'd chime in on this. But, um, Jay Lindsay in the chat room says that he didn't even try the build script. He just compiled using CMake and make and it wasn't a, com- a bad compile at all. Uh, Bill tells us that, uh, he didn't have any problems with mint until he tried 13 and, uh, then he had a problem with it locking up his laptop which I find uh, that's really interesting because I was having all kinds of problems with Mint until uh, I upgraded to 13. And not only am I running 13 on this machine that I'm uh, using for recording tonight, and it's been running really well except for those two issues I mentioned earlier. I'm running the 64-bit version on my laptop and haven't had very many, haven't had any problems at all with the laptop. Uh, it may just be he needs to go back and... Uh, and proceed with the simpler CMake and Make situation instead of trying to run the script. Did you run the script when you compiled yours? No, I did not. I I didn't see the point in it because basically there's that three-step way to pretty much build most software packages where you do a configure, make, make, install. Everybody sort of knows that three-way handshake of building a source package. And, uh, you know, some packages differ a little bit. 
and uh, usually you just look at the install file. Uh, it's usually marked install in all caps. In some source packages, it's under the doc directory. But basically, you just go through there. It gives you the basic, you know, this is how you get this thing up and running super quick type directions. And that tends to always work for me. So I would just go with that. There you go, Bruce. And, uh, yeah, why don't you, I think you should probably give it a shot, the direction that Russ was talking about. And uh, even the way Jay Lindsay in the chat room is talking about. And um, and get back to us on this. And if that doesn't work, we'll track down, try and track down some uh, somebody who's actually using uh, RTL SDR and see if they can uh, uh, get, get with you and get some information to you on how to make that happen. Well, one thing, let me add one last thing before we move on here. And that's what he said. He finally got it to compile with minimal errors. I'm going to assume by errors he meant warnings because compiles don't generally finish if you have errors. But the thing is, he says he got it to compile, and he still has an issue with port audio. Now, I'm pretty sure I, when I was talking about the GNU Radio project, you had to make sure you had a specific version of port audio installed or it wouldn't work. So I would go back a couple of episodes and look at the show notes and make sure you have the proper lib port audio package installed because that was a definite uh, caveat to getting this thing to build properly. So go ahead and check that out. Well, there you go. All right. So Bruce, uh, stay in touch with us on this and, um, and we'll uh, let us know one way or the other how it comes out for you. That's right. All right. Uh, we also have another comment from Bruce on the website, uh, which is great show guys. Even if I now have to be treated for split personality disorder, keep it up. Really looking forward to the RDL SDR episode awaiting my dongle to show up from Hong Kong. Kindest regards, Bruce. Uh, do you have any idea what episode that was, Russ? No, I'm not really sure what he's referring to, although there are probably a thousand different ways we can approach the idea of him waiting for his Hong Kong dongle to show up. That, that we, I was, I would have eventually gotten to that one. Okay, well, you go right ahead because I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear about his bionic dongle. Well, no, we were actually, we were, I was actually going to start out working on the split personality disorder. You know, we, we, we both have doctorates in, uh, in, uh, personality splitting. In fact, uh, uh, we are in part of a, an advanced research team to actually build an explosive device out of split personalities. Uh, all we have to do is split them in the proper sequence to uh, create a very large explosion. It will save much, much time and uh, uh, trying to find the actual components to, to build them other things that uh, everybody been using for so many years. So uh, we have the focus not only to split atoms, but to split personalities. Now, as far as your bionic Hong Kong dongle, I would never buy anything like that from Hong Kong. If I want something to work and I want it to work well, I try to buy American. I try to buy American. Uh, the ladies will be happy. And unless you have a specifically Asian portion of town that you like to hang out in, uh, you, it's just, just a mistake all the way around. I think it's bad business. What do you think, Russ? I think so, too. And you also have to consider the child labor laws and what they're forcing people to produce and mass produce over there. And while you may be saving a few bucks here and there and, and getting your bionic Hong Kong dongle from overseas, you might want to get one that is a little bit closer to home. The quality control is considerably better. And honestly, the size is just going to work out much better for you 
I would definitely keep that in mind when you go shopping for your dongle. And uh, if you have any other further questions, we're we're definitely experts in the dongle market. So uh, give us a call. And um, you know, I've I've had a lot of ladies tell me over the years that uh, that Asian dongles tend to be much smaller and less effective than uh, American made, or at least uh, dongles made in this hemisphere. When was the last time you saw an advertisement with with the lady standing there holding a Hong Kong dongle and smiling? They don't get paid yep. that much. This whole section is going to get badgered out. No, it certainly isn't. It's going to stay right <laughs> in there. This, gonna, this is the most entertaining two minutes that this show has ever put out. So, okay. That's right. I, no, wait a minute. There's been more entertaining <laughs> moments. I know there has to have been. They'd be on the all-night feed if it worked. <laughs> So we didn't get any. Oh, wait a minute. We're going to assume that Bruce is still a listener of the program after this one comes out. That's right. And Bill says episode 84 is when you discussed, uh, putting together GNU radio since we were on that same, on that subject with the same individual. So here's what I suggest. I suggest we go ahead <laughs> and check out comment from a uh, uh, comment on a website from Scott in nine LJX. Uh, Scott writes, guys, thanks for the show on contest software. WY9A Bob, I worked with, uh, with you a couple of years ago and first, well, I'll read it and then, then I'll make comment. Uh, a couple of years ago at field day for the TARA back in Indiana. Uh, really cool to hear you are working on this software. Question. I have tried using rig control in other Linux software. And it always seems flaky with my FT900. Can you tell me how, how stable this is now? Or if I have, if I, if I have problems, is there anyone still working with the ham library? Also, cool to hear that YFK test works with WinKey USB. I must have slipped through that part. Uh, that was another drawback. Good to hear you on there. So to speak, seven three Scott N nine L J X. Uh, first thing I'd like to say is that uh, Bob's not actually a regular part of the show. He was on for an interview, and uh, he may or may not see this comment. But uh, if for some reason we do talk to him again, and uh, if there's improvements with the program, we'll probably get him on here. Uh, maybe maybe he'll get the message. I don't know. I got stuff to say about the rig control, but uh, go ahead, Russ. Okay. Well, I'm actually looking at the website for the Hamlib, which is over at hamlib.sourceforge.net, because he asked a specific question about his rig being a little bit flaky using uh, YFK test. And, of course, all of these ham radio applications that run under Linux, for the most part, use the Hamlib. So, basically, if you're dealing with a radio and rig control under any of these applications, you need to check for support in the ham library. And as it happens, I'm looking at uh, the Yazoo FT900, and its status is listed as .1 untested. So what I'm getting from that is that your, you know, your support for the FT900 is going to be bad at best and probably non-functional at all. The the FT900 is just not one of those rigs that's well-supported in the ham libraries. And I hate to say that, but not every radio is supported. So you've got a couple of options, of course. You can find a different radio that is better supported in the ham library. You can deal with the problems you've got with your FT900. 
or you can go to the Hamlie project at sourceforge.net, write the code to actually properly support the radio you use, and then everything will be great. In the meantime, you either have to, you know, wait for somebody else to develop the uh, ham library definitions for the FT900, or you kind of got to do it yourself. So unfortunately, that's where the status of the FT900 is. Not much Richard or I can do about it, but there you go. And one of the things that you, uh, one of the things you can do if you go over to the, the website is, uh, if you're not capable of writing the code, you may be able to, if you let them know what your problem is, you may be able to hook up with somebody who can work with you. And this would be you contributing to the project, uh, as far as getting it where it works properly with the FD900. Now, the other thing I needed to say is I have a Yaesu FT897D. Now, the 897D, I think, is probably supported a little better than the FT900 because there were so many of them came out so fast. I mean, there was a huge number of FT897 sold when they first came out. Well, I, w- I was having a problem with FL Digi as far as the rig control and stuff like that. And what I found out was that it was flaky on a USB connection. If you, if I was using a USB port plugged into the control cable, plugged into the back of the radio, I was having, uh, problems with the rig control. For less than $10, I purchased a serial port card. Put the serial port card in, plugged the cable into it, and never had another problem. I approach things a little differently than a lot of guys where hardware is concerned because I spent so many years working on machines where the basic rule was start with the cheapest, the problem that will cost you the least amount of money and then work up. So the cheapest thing I could have done at the time was put a serial card in the machine I was using. Once I put that, I think it was like nine bucks after I got it shipped. Once I put that card in my machine and plugged it into the control cable, it ran just fine, and I never had another problem with rig control. So you might want to examine that option also if you're uh, plugging into a USB port because, yeah, universal serial bus, got it. But sometimes it just ain't, it just does not do what a serial port will do. Being the hardware, being the, the computer guy, Russ might agree with me on that. I will actually agree 100% with you. In fact, I don't even really have to go any further into it. I, I would like to address one of the other things he asked in his in his email, though, which was, is there anyone still working on HamLive? And the answer is yes, HamLive is definitely under active development. So you don't have to worry about the you know it being legacy software. And you may even you know send an email to the developers, and uh, they may help you out with your particular rig. But like I said... Obviously, the developers don't have time to do everything. So you could actually look at the rig definition files. Every one of them is outlined uh, over there at the project site. And you may be able to ferret out enough information from the definition file to make your own definition file for the FT900. The HamLib is sort of designed to be pretty user-friendly. So, And there's also a mailing list, and a link to that is over there at the sourceforge.net site as well. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at. You know, if he can't program, he doesn't know how to program, 
Uh, he can, he probably can hook up with somebody that can do that kind of stuff. And in fact, it will contribute to the overall, uh, improvement of the library in the first place. So, uh, yeah, Scott, get, give that a shot and get back with us and let us know how you, how you're coming out. I'd like to find out, you know, what's going on with this FT900. Uh, this first time I've actually heard of somebody having an issue with the uh, rig control for the uh, Yezus anyway. So, uh, uh, yeah, get back with us on that. If we do see Bob, we will pass your message along to him. So, uh, Russ, you want to play some music before we get, go on? Well, let me address one more thing before we do that. And it, it's not feedback, but there was a question in the chat room earlier. Are you talking over me? No. No. I see. No. Did you have something you actually wanted to say? No, it was a ghost in the machine. It was Skype noise. Okay, I see. Somebody back a while in the chat room asked about what a good cloud solution would be, like a personal cloud. I'm trying to find it back here in the in the previous chat. No, he asked what a good solution would be. Accepting his typo. Um, and who was it? A5CP? It was KD7JWC. His question was, do you guys have a recommended could store it option, could storage option? Could storage option. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now it's in the show. Ha ha ha. Yes. You fool. <laughs> anyway, I, I just wanted to do, go back and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I have done a couple of episodes on my other program, the QSK netcast about own cloud. Now I'm hurt. You're hers. Stepping out with another program. Yeah, I know. I love own cloud. Uh, I was actually asked on a mailing list. Well, I wasn't personally, but a, a question was put out on a mailing list recently where they asked this very same question. Now I personally am an own, a user of own cloud, which I tend to love and which works perfectly well. It works great as a web dev solution. It has calendaring. It has file sharing. It has cloud storage. It has all of that stuff built in. There are clients for mobile devices, for the three major operating systems. It's based on web dev so that you can use dev-based file systems on Linux and other systems like macOS and Windows that support dev. So it's a very robust solution. But there are also several others out there that I don't actually know the names of because they were they came up as an answer on the mailing list that I was on that I didn't actually provide. But if you're looking for a decent cloud-based solution where you actually control the cloud storage, I would highly recommend looking at own cloud and go ahead and check out my QSK netcast. And I describe it a little bit in more detail, but I just wanted to address that. So there was sort of an answer to the question out there uh, before we hit some music and go back and uh, answer, kind of try and whittle down our back feedback. Right. There you go. And if you got any more questions on could storage, y'all go ahead and send it on around to the show because we need more feedback so we can fill things up when we really don't have nothing to talk about. Now that's going to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> the could cloud or the nothing to talk about? The nothing to talk about. I figure that we just ne- oh shoot, go play the, play the doggone music. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said before, this is uh, an evening for Lorenzo's music. This is a track called We All Fall Down. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be back on the other side to wrap up feedback and episode number 87. 
it's up game I feel like going home now Now, now Fails and turns to luck Words aren't making it, it seems got a nasty habit of music picking music it just stops and we're back i want you to welcome to the i want to welcome you to our show this is maximum verbosity where where things get long-winded and if it ain't long-winded we run it off and we're, we're talking about golden mushrooms and supersized badgers this time around my name is fred crinkle and that's not this show is it no it's not oh hang on <laughs> what got a reset oh, no. <laughs> i got to i got to flip the switch okay okay and we're back um russ is always trying to fool me with him with him songs it just that kind of end and i just want everybody to know that cheryl has said hello dear in the chat room to russ hello dear I, when i say that to him it don't mean nothing that's right 
he doesn't care. No, I don't care. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. All right, kids. I know y'all have heard this before, but we had to take a little bit of a break because this, this next email is kind of long. We did get an email from Jeremy, KB7QOA, KB7QOA. Jeremy says, good morning or afternoon, gentlemen. And I use the term lightly. Now, the term I wonder, I don't know if he's using morning loosely or good loosely or afternoon loosely. I'm not real sure which one, but he, whatever it is, he's using it lightly. So, uh, we shall proceed. Well, I have a comment uh-huh. for Jeremy on his very first sentence. Uh-huh. Kiss my badger. That's what I was going to say. You know, we've been getting a lot of, a lot of that. You, you did it earlier and now we got it in the email. We've been having a problem with what time of day we should say to people because, uh, the show gets recorded and there ain't no time telling when it's going to play and people send us emails and they don't know when we're going to read it. I think we should institute a new phrase which will, will solve the problem. We just tell everybody good mushroom to you. <laughs> good googly moogly. Good mushroom. Good mushroom. <laughs> okay. Good mushroom. You say it fast enough, it sounds like something rude. Well, badger is a pretty universal term. We could just say, good badger, everyone. Oh, we've done the badger thing to death. Well, that's the whole point, though. Everyone knows it now. But I'm a snake. <laughs> good snake. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it. <laughs> Those of you who haven't seen it, go to YouTube and see it. I'm a snake. That's right. Oh, good God. Pretty scary, pretty scary. Uh <clears throat> I proceed and I use the term lightly. Uh, I just wanted to drop you a, a line and thank you for the hard work on the, on the episodes. You have a very high quality show with lots of interesting subjects. Now I bet you sorry you told him, told him, uh, told him badger. No, anyway. because that's, that's what people usually start to say just before they rip you a new one because of all the stuff you're doing wrong. Oh, that we have a good show. Yeah, I don't know if I want to read the rest of this now. All right. See, they butter you up. They say, oh, well, thank you so much for everything you you do, and we really appreciate it. And by the way, here's all the things that I don't like. No, Rich is a mean old badger. <laughs> Go ahead and keep reading. Oh, well, okay. I've used Linux in some shape or form for years, primarily for servers. I currently run Windows on my desktop, mainly because I have tools I need to need for work. VPN and some other proprietary software that needs it. Uh, using ham radio deluxe. Oh, it's going downhill fast. Using ham radio deluxe has also kept me locked into windows as I really enjoy the tight integration of the logbook, rig control and PSK software. And of course the N1MM logger program has been one I've not wanted to give up as well. Long story short, we're moving more and more of our tools to be less proprietary for work. So switching to Linux on the desktop at home is becoming more of an option. Consequently, the recent episode about YFK test and other Linux logging tools has made me think Linux may be ready on the ham side for me too. I need to at least reload my system, if not completely rebuild or replace it soon, so I'm considering at least dual booting it to try some of these things out. Thank you so much for putting so much time into this subject. Well, we ain't got to the bad part yet. I told y'all it was a long one. I also wanted to provide some feedback for you too. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, I told you. Uh-oh. 
I've been meaning for quite some time to ask if you could provide a podcast feed without the music in the middle. I realize you use the music for breaks while recording and in broadcasting the live feed, but it is quite unnecessary in the edited edition. The last few episodes that have been been sans music have been wonderful for me. This This isn't a comment about your musical taste. Uh, some of the songs have been rather good, and all of them I'd consider decent. The reason I prefer the episodes to be music-free is because I listen to them while driving, with my iPod set to playback at a faster than normal rate. This shaves a considerable amount of time off of the podcast, and with as many as I listen to, it makes a big difference. Unfortunately, music sounds horrible at the faster playback rate, so I have to hassle with fast-forwarding past the music. Anyway, if it would be possible to provide a music-free, the intro music is is fine, feed, and a full feed including mu- a full feed including music, that would be great for me. If that is too much hassle or causes extra expense to you guys, then no big deal. I'll just continue to listen and fast forward as I do now. Have a great day. 73-D-E-K-B-7-Q-O-A. Jeremy. Well, thank you for your feedback, Jeremy, and I'm going to let Russ have it first. Okay. Well, here is my first response to Jeremy's content or comments on the show. Thank you very much for your praise. We really do appreciate it. And also... Okay, just kidding. Um, <laughs> that was that was by yo, yo, suggestion yo, from Ted. <laughs> Ted suggested that, so everybody send hate mail to Ted. Okay, I wasn't actually going to do it. I usually don't think in those terms, but anyway, I've got a better way to deal with this because I think I've got a better idea. He says, in fact, in his email. If it would be possible to provide a music-free feed and a full feed, including music, that would be great for me. If that's too much hassle or causes extra expense for you guys, then no big deal. Well, that's okay, because in this world of capitalism, we have a way to pass on our expenses to our listeners. So what I'm planning on doing is, in fact, creating a music-free feed, which you will be able to get if you subscribe to our podcast. Now, the subscription fee is very inexpensive. It's $20 for an entire year of Linux in the Ham Shack. We already have subscribers who pay for our show, just like those who are willing to donate to our show. And for that, we try and give them some extra things. I'm, I'm still working out the procedure for that and what we're sort of going to give you as a subscriber to our show. But there will be some subscriber only content right now, like the videos that are on our app, on our page. You can only view as a subscriber. You can only get the unedited feed as a paid subscriber. So I think in order to get a music-free feed, you should also be a subscriber. So I think that answers everybody's questions, everybody's problems. You get what you want. I get what I want. Richard gets what he wants, i.e. money, and we're good to go. So what do you think about that? I don't get any money. Well, I don't get any money either. It always goes back into the show, but it doesn't cost us nothing to do this. Oh, well, you know, that, that would be the only thing. See, I don't care. 
<laughs> if you want to do a music free feed, that that's absolutely lovely. You're the one that cuts it, edits the, the doggone thing. And since we're doing the music in line now, that means you have to take something out instead of adding something. So, uh, like, it really doesn't make a lot of difference for me because I don't have to be smart. All I have to do is show up. Well, see, it doesn't really make any difference for me because I, and I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm, evil dictator of Linux and the ham shack, but basically we put out a show and we put it out the way that we like to put it out. And the way that I like to put it out has a couple of musical breaks in it. Now I'm more than happy to do a little bit of work extra in order to remove that music for the people who aren't interested in it. But that is an extra expense for us. It's more of my time involved in putting out an extra version of the show. And I think a little bit of compensation to go back into the show for producing and for production value is certainly warranted. And come on, 20 bucks a year. I mean, that's, well, you know, that's the, nothing. That's less than a dollar an episode. And the thing about it is that, uh, one of the things you have to look at back at is that this show is the format of this show is based on the format of the show that it spun off from. And at one point I did quiz all the quiz, the listeners, I said it in the, in the fee, in the, in the show more than once. I said, look, we got the music. If y'all want the music, then we'll keep the music. If y'all don't want it, y'all tell me we'll take it out. And more than anything else, I had one or two people say they didn't want to listen to the blues. And unfortunately that was the format of the show. That right. was the atmosphere of the show. Right, and I definitely modeled this show off of Resonant Frequency because you were the one who asked me to be your co-host. You were the one who did the original program, and things sort of merged from, you know, what you were doing into what we're doing now. So it sort of had the same format, so that's where it came from. But I also happened to like the format. That's why we stuck with it. Well, there you go. And the whole point is less than a dollar an episode for years worth Resonant Frequency, no music, and, you know, you can't hardly beat that because uh, last time I bought a soda, it was nearly $2 and shoot less than a dollar. Come on. Y'all can jump on a bandwagon. So y'all, y'all stay tuned for that. And, uh, in fact, if, if there's more of y'all interested in that, please, uh, let us know, uh, send some positive feedback this way. And, and that way we'll know kind of sort of what you guys want because ultimately it may be our show. But for the most part, it's y'all's show. It's for y'all. Y'all listen to us because it's what y'all like to listen to. And if there's some way we can improve it, we will try it. I understand there have been times in the past that we've, uh, we've gone nuclear on a few people, but that's because they were stupid. <laughs> Everybody knows Richard has a very small, t- since all his fam, most of his family is stupid, he has a very low tolerance for stupid people. So. <laughs> Well, y'all stay tuned for this development. And, uh, yes, it is time for you to move to Linux. And I'll tell you, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised once you get the desktop installed, get your stuff on there and get it configured the way you want. And uh, like we keep saying here, a big chunk of ham radio deluxe is FL Digi and the stuff that goes along with FL Digi. So I really think you're going to find that it's not a whole lot different. I've always said that ham radio deluxe is just too much. Right. It's practically, he, it's practically an operating system by itself. Right. And he said he liked the integration of the digital modes, the rig control and the logging capability. Well, as it turns out, 
FL Digi has all of those things. And not only that, just like Richard just said, um, one of the major underpinnings of Ham Radio Deluxe is, in fact, FL Digi. So while it may look a little different in its presentation, you're basically using the same bit of software. So, Jeremy, I hope we do see you switch over at least temporarily until you figure out that you really like Linux and that it does more for you than Windows ever would. So have you got anything else on this one, Russ? I'm just going to assume that we're not going to have Jeremy as a listener past this episode, so I guess uh, there's really nothing. I, I think we will. We were not bad to him. No, I and I do appreciate the feedback. I really do. I, I mean, uh, it's it's not something I even considered putting out a music-free episode. The only reason some episodes previously have come out without music is because I've either been too lazy or too busy to try and find anything to put in. Because we are the laziest men in show business. I don't know about that. I could probably think of a couple lazier ones, but we do our damnedest to be as lazy no, as we no, can no, be. No, no, no. Leave Chad out of this. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chad. Poor Chad. Cla- Cla- Claudio, if you hear this, this is another exhortation for you to go out and kick him in the head. Okay. And, and uh, Claudio's not much better. He's so much in love. I hear about how much in love he is every day. Okay. We are, we are seriously getting off topic here. So I'm, I'm happy that Claudio is in love. Claudio, I'm happy you're in love, man. In fact, she good looking gal. You, you, you did good. You done good, buddy. All right. So let's move on to the next email. The next email is from Grant. AA9LC. We're hearing from a lot of people we ain't never heard from before. And after we, we, ex, after we expound upon the nature of the subject, which they have approached, they may never come back again, but we're going to give it a shot. Um, Grant writes, I've just started a serious effort to getting some Linux applications working on, on a computer for the ham shack. Go Grant. I enjoyed visiting with uh, with you at Dayton. He must be talking to you, Russ. I'm sure he is. And by the way, go Grant. Go Grant. Oh, yeah. Go Grant. There you go. Uh, I enjoyed visiting with you at Dayton Hamvention and got a copy of the LHS disc. I've tried booting it up a couple of on a couple of computers here, and it wants a username and password which from this point forward probably needs to be written on the paper sleeve when you hand it to them. Uh, can you, can you help me, uh, out with the valid username and password so I can see what's on the disk? I've loaded up Linux Mint 11. I don't know why everybody's going to 11. 13 is a long-term release, uh, on my, on my lab computer. Mostly impressed though it is pretty fussy about which sound card it would recognize 7-3 Grant AA9LC. Well, there you go. You want to take a stab at any of that? Yes, I would, actually, because it's very interesting to me that the DVD that we provided in Hamvention is in any way asking for a password because last I checked, when you boot up in live mode, it just goes straight to a desktop. It has never once that I can recall asked me for a password now. That being said, I believe if it does, in fact, ask you for a password, you've got a couple of options. Basically, it's either going to be a username of root with no password, a username of mint with no password, or a username of Linux mint with no password. 
one of those three things, probably in that order of likelihood, will be the what you need to get into it. But as I said, if you boot it up, if you just pop it into a drive and boot the thing up, as far as I can recall, it has never once asked me for a username and password. It has always just gone straight into the GNOME desktop. End of story. So if, if you have a specific problem that you can point me towards where I can help you, that's one thing. If you can tell me where the password and username that it's asking for is, I might be able to help you a little better. But honestly, I think if you're actually getting to a password prompt, uh, one of those three things that I just told you will get you through and onto a desktop or to a command line interface or wherever it is you're going. So I hope that answers the question. If it doesn't, uh, I'm stumped, honestly. Well, I don't know. Uh, I haven't actually seen that disc, I don't think. I don't think I got a copy of it. But, um, is this something that, uh, that you built? No, it doesn't, it doesn't have our stuff on it. I just printed our logo and our, and the information on what was on the DV on the DVD. I've got printable DVDs and a printer that does that. Right. But the, what's on the DVD is a straight copy of Linux Mint Debian. It's not, not altered in any way. It's just the same thing that gets downloaded as an ISO from the website. That's it. That's weird because I know I didn't have a, have an issue with running LMDE, uh, from the live CD. It asked him for a prompt, but there may be something going on where it's asking him for username and password when he logs in which is what you approach there. Uh, or it may possibly be that he's trying to run something or something else, and it's asking for the root password to give him the authorization to do it. But, uh, yeah, Grant, we're going to need a little more information on what's going on with that. But uh, like Russ said, what you, what basically on that disk is Linux Mint, or Linux Mint Debian Edition, whatever the current one is, and uh, uh, you could probably download that fairly easily and fairly quickly and get it up and going. I think it comes on a DVD. It doesn't come on a CD anymore, does it? Uh, Linux Mint and Linux Mint Debian are both too large for an actual CD, and uh, Ubuntu is designed to fit on a CD, but the distros that are derivative of it do not. They, they run about 1.3 or 1.4 gigabytes each, which means you have to, uh, download them and write them to a DVD. That's the only thing they'll fit on. But that one was already written. It, it, you, it sounds like it's booting. So, um, yeah, if you get a little more specific on that, uh, with, then we'd be able to move forward. In fact, uh, I'm talking about it here. We're talking about it here because this kind of stuff helps all the listeners. But uh, I'll try and get back with you via email and give you the same information we're talking about here. Also, what was it? There was something else. Something else in the email? Yeah. Oh, the sound card thing, probably. Yeah, the sound card issue. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either, but LMDE, which is the distribution you got, has Pulse Audio. So basically, it should find any sound cards you have in your system. And then once the desktop comes up, you can right-click on the little speaker icon and go to Sound Preferences. And in there, you'll be able to select which hardware, i.e. which sound card in your system you want it to actually play system audio through. Uh, you select the proper input and output channels, uh, and away you go. I mean, Pulse Audio has 
gotten better in its time and has become a little easier to deal with. So it shouldn't be that big a deal. I mean, uh, every sound card in your system should be recognized. You just need to know which one you actually want to hear system sounds out of uh, and tell the uh, Pulse Audio sound manager that that's the one you want to use. Shouldn't yeah, be too hard. And, yeah, and I mean, pretty much now any card is going to be uh, what they call Sound Blaster compatible. Uh, they're all basically the same. And the into onboard cards, uh, those have been... You've been able to pull those up, I know, at least for three or four years now without any problems. I've never had a problem with sound card on on Linux other than when the Pulse Audio first came in and I had to go back to whatever it was I was using. Yeah, if you give us a little more information, just a little more, we can probably work it out. And Grant, good luck. And, uh, yeah, a while ago I was saying something about somebody that had AMSAT after the call sign. I saw it was you. I don't know. I I know when you when you buy the actual hamsat, uh, the actual amsat satellite programs and stuff, that they are superior to everything else. But the ones that the guys uh, go and grab that uh, are not necessarily hamsat, the stuff that's in Lin in Linux right now in the repos is comparable to those. It's, they're very good, very good. Uh, you have to figure out how to get the caps in sometimes, but other than that, pretty good. So have we got anything else on that one? I think we're pretty much done with that one. I, I mean, that was a short one and I can't think of any, any way to flog that one any, anymore. Well, we could stretch it out. We could talk about the pros and cons of Linux Mint being spawn, the spawn of Satan. Well, we could like inside a right and maybe get Mintcast Rob to speak up in the chat room, even though he's been in there since we got started. He ain't said a freaking thing. He may not even be listening to us. He may just be seeing what's going on in the chat room because he's running Linux Mint and his sound card don't work. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Linux Mint is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I said that like six times when I was talking to them yesterday. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I was on the Mintcast yesterday, so when episode 124 of the Mintcast comes out, which I believe comes out on Friday, this coming Friday, like in three days' time, it's all about me. This is like a little bit at the end of the credits on a movie that you don't know if it's there till you sit through all the credits. That's right. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to the end of the show, you won't know that I'm on the Mintcast. But if you do listen this far, I'm on the Mintcast. Ha-ha. Well, it's like I said, it was it was really good first time I tried it, and then it sucked really bad the second time I tried it. And uh, actually now with this new version, uh, 13, which is supposed to be LTE or LTR. Hell, it's a long-term release. Anyway, um, LTS, long-term support. That's what I said. Yes. Anyway, long-term thingy. Uh, actually, I really haven't had any problems. I run uh, the video editor I use, the one I built those few videos with, is called OpenShot. From time to time, it will crash. Not every time. Not all the time, but occasionally it will just, boom, go away. And there was something else, another minor issue. But other than that, it's been running like it's supposed to. The spell checker works in 95% of the programs, which was an issue with the last version. And it's much, 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 much better. Uh, I have plans to get my HF rig out and functional again. When that happens, that's going to be a Debian box. 
So, hey, Minkaz Rob, speak up. Are you sleeping? Nothing. You know, we done run several of the Minkaz guys off of here. You would think they would learn. Hello? Did my, my Skype drop out? No, I'm just listening to you shovel right now. Uh, well, good God. You're supposed to like, oh, now, <laughs> come on. We can't play. Look, we can't do the good cop, bad cop thing without the, without, with one of the cops missing. <laughs> you know, I'm up to almost two hours on the audacity recording. I think it's time to get the hell out of here. Yeah, but most of that will have to go away anyway. Well, I don't know. We'll see. It's probably going to be, you told me this was going to be a short episode. Well, I'll tell you what, you lied. Well, it could have been faster. But we had to get two songs in. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're not going there. That's why I stretched it out. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, you still listening? <laughs> huh? I said, hey, Jeremy, you still listening? <laughs> KB7, KB7QOA, who complained oh, about the music. That guy. Yeah, that guy. Well, I hope this extends his drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's oh, going to skip just, over We're just funny with you, Jeremy. <laughs> we, it's all good. We love, we love all listeners. Well, except KD7JWC, uh, with everybody else. And, and Bill, Bill is like the, the secret force that moves this program. He's kind of like the X-lax of Linux and the Hamjack. Yeah. He's a guy that keeps his badger moving along. Oh, you had to do it, man. <laughs> You had calculated that from two hours ago. <laughs> no, no, I've been really good. I've said shoot and other stuff. Anyway, all right. So I think we're done, kids. Anybody else in the chat room before we go? Oh, no, we we're, go. no we're done. We're not taking any more questions. It's over. Go ahead and lead us out. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Bill. We love you. <laughs> You could have been the other side. All right. <laughs> With that, <laughs> if you want, oh Lord, if you want to get a hold of me, you can send me an email at kb5jbv at gmail.com. kb5jbv at gmail.com or get a hold of me on the few social networks I'm still part of because Ping FM has turned into seismic and it's crap, which are Twitter and uh, Facebook. I think I still have an Identica account, but I'm not sure. Anyway, you, oh yeah, Google Plus. I almost forgot Google Plus. So, uh, so, contact me in one of them places and I promise not to abuse you too badly. And with that, we need to talk about Hong Kong dongles and pitch it back to Russ. All right, folks. This has been episode number 87 of Linux in the Ham Shack. My name is Russ K5TUX. You can find me as JR Woodman and all the social media networks out there except for 73s.org where I'm JR Woodman. Imagine that. Contact us over at lhspodcast.info. Send us email at info at lhspodcast.info. You can even leave us a voicemail where you tell me what to do with my new raspberry pies. At 909-LHS-SHOW, that's 909-547-7469. I want to thank everybody who joined us for the live show. Everybody listens to Linux in the Ham Shack. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more information about some Linux stuff, some ham stuff, some stuff stuff, and maybe a little political commentary and some stuff that should probably never be aired. But anyway, this is Russ from Between the Peaks, live in north-central Arkansas. And I'm going to send it back down to Richard in his cardboard box next to the Trinity River in northeast Texas, where he's going to sign us off by saying... 
Well, I was just going to tell everybody, y'all know, y'all know that I probably could have done two hours on just the words raspberry pie. We'll see y'all next time.